Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. All righty, folks. Here we go. Mr. Curiosity and uh, Joe Snedeker. What, what, what do you want to call me? Mr. Curiosity or Joe Snedeker? I like Mr. Curiosity. That's <laughs> Why? Because you know I'm a curious guy. You are. You are a curious guy. We share many wonderful uh, things that we both love. We both love the weather, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. If everyone's out there saying, uh-oh, what's the deal this week? Well, my friends, I have a list of people that I think it's just natural to fear them. Are you ready? Lawyers, politicians, and guess who else is on my list? Bankers. Oh, we have a banker here. We yes. have a real live banker here. And by natural human tendencies, people love to hate politicians, lawyers, and bankers. What do you think about Oh, that? don't hate your banker. Love your banker. Love your banker. I'm just messing love with your... you. All right. So yeah. we have Brian Wilkin. You have to give out all your official information, right? Why is that? Because we uh, have to follow the guidelines set forth by various you know, government entities that govern us. So I am Brian Wilkin with the Honesville National Bank, a member of FDIC, an equal housing lender, and my NMLS number, 786356. Oh, man, you got that all out. Now, here's the deal. See, what you said right there, uh, people are going to think I'm a sellout because HNB. Now they think, oh, Snedeker's getting some type of uh, commercialization here. Now he's got the bankers on, the bankers giving his bank stuff. Uh, Snedeker's a sellout. Snedeker's like Fonzie jumped the shark. What do you think about that? No, I don't think, I don't think Mr. Curiosity's done that at all because <laughs> you know, you know, we've had many conversations outside of the podcast about, you know, how banks work and what things do. And as community bankers, we just want to help people out. That's all we want to do. Just help people, uh, with various financial issues. Yeah. In full disclosure, um, Brian and I know each other. As a matter of fact, I think we're borderline. Are we borderline friends, acquaintance, or are we more acquaintance than friend? What is it? I, I think we're more friends than acquaintance at this oh, point. Wow. I, I would put it that way with our relationship if we have to define it. You know, yeah, I, I you're, you're a lot of fun. You're a friend, you know? Yeah, but we never really hung out or anything. That's okay. We can. We'll start <laughs> You no? look like a banker. You got the tie. You are uncomfortable with three layers of clothes on. I bet you have a T-shirt on that's pressed. Yeah, I, everything is good. Tight. I came home to do this because it's a little quieter here. Yeah. You know, I have uh, a lot of distractions. I'm going to be focusing on Mr. Curiosity here for all of you know the time we have together. Excellent. All right. So here's the deal, folks. If you're saying, well, what's Snedeker just going to make jokes all morning? No, but that's a part of this. What I am going to do is hopefully inform people, you're going to do it, of mm -hmm. things that, uh, that confusing, annoying, uh, 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 overwhelming about banks. And everyone deals with banks, car loans, IRAs, mortgages, home equities, death preparation, uh, it's endless and everybody has to go to you guys. And I'm the guy, when I go to a bank, I sit down and I cower and I, here comes a guy with a suit on like you and he's so <laughs> knowledgeable and I feel intimidating, intimidated. And, and then here it is. The world crashes down on me. Then I hear about interest rates in, in finance charges. And then I just want to vomit. 
<laughs> don't have that kind of anxiety when you go visit <laughs> your banker. You know, they just want to help you out. And, and really, you know, when I, when I went to college, the best advice I got was have a relationship with a banker. And it, and before I started working at Homes National, you know, I, I did, and it, it paid off. And, and my mom was a banker. My mom worked at uh, the Dime Bank in Honesville for a long, long time. And, uh, and now I work at a bank and, uh, it's, it's a great job and, and don't be intimidated. People just want to help you out. You know, they, all they want to do is help you if they can. Yeah. Well, of really, course, it's, it's bankers, it's, it's how we roll, you know? Well, of course this is capitalistic America. So there, that there's more than help out that someone's got to make an edge and a living out of this and pay guys like you. So we realize that, but at the same time, you're right. They're there to help. Here's my first offering. I would, I would like you to tell everyone your interesting beginning because the reason you and I got together is not really through banking. It was through, you used to be a oh, DJ. The weather, yeah. We started, we'd have to call you up every Saturday and, and, and I would come in on Saturdays and Sundays and record you doing the weather. Isn't that I weird? At, uh, I worked with your good buddy, uh, Mike Stanton, at the radio station in Honesdale. And, uh, and, and that's where this whole thing began. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And you would do the weather, and I would record it and play it back. And, and uh, we'd chit-chat once in a while back in the day. But yeah. uh, that, was, uh, that was a fun job working in broadcasting. It was, uh, you know, I, I started out as a young kid working at that radio station when I was 15 years old. So you're a Honesdale native? Uh, we moved to Honesdale in 1976. So I guess that qualifies as a native, you know, 45 years later. So where did, where did you emerge from? Where did you uh, I was born August 1st, 1966 at Carbondale General Hospital. I didn't know this. Yes. My dad was the manager of the Agway store there. We lived in German. If you go out towards Hart Lake, you can see the house on the, if you're going from, from German to Hart Lake, it's on the right-hand side. It's kind of a mustard-colored house. That's where I came home as a child. I didn't know then, that. And then 10 years you, later, you moved. No, no, no. Then you moved into Milford when I was uh, from like 3 to 10. And at 10, we left New Milford and came to Honesdale. And I've been here ever since. What do you mean your dad, your manager of Agway? What, what does that mean? What did he do, Agway? He ran the Agway store in Carbondale. Then he ran the Agway store in New Milford. And then he came to Honesdale and became a salesman and sold feed, seed, corn, fertilizer, all that kind of stuff. I was going to say, Agway, a lot of uh, folks may be listening to this. They're like, what's Agway? That's like a redneck thing, is it? It's like a feed store. You go there and get feed. There's <laughs> Agways all over. You got pillars over there in Clark Summit. You got... Yeah, but you, 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 can, get, you can get hardware and you can get uh, bovine food there, right? I mean, you yeah, got everything. bovine food, chicken food. That's where I get my layer pellets for the chickens in the back. You know, so you still have that in you. You still need chicken pellets. Well, they're the girls got to eat, you know, they're, they're pushing eggs out every day. So it's, it's a hobby. It's fun. Before we get to the banking. Now you got me curious. Here's my, here's my dilemma in life. Maybe you can enrich me. Yes. I think you know about this, about me. Um, I've got, I've got this big heart thing that I feel sorry always for, for everything. Like I don't want to eat a hamburger because I want the cow to live a nice, happy, natural life. I don't want to yeah. eat ham because I want a pig to be free. And I hear they're very intelligent and how dare we treat them like we do. Aside from all that, I do eat meat and I feel guilty about it, but I've reduced it now mainly to chickens and turkeys because I feel they're so dumb. They don't know any better. Do you agree with that? 
Well, the wild turkey is about the smartest creature in the forest, in my estimation. <laughs> don't say that now, don't you? No, I mean, like, they're pretty smart. I mean, they're they're wily creatures. You know, you, they don't fool around. They don't get they're 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 smart. And the chickens. Yeah, but when you say smart, if if I got a if I got a wild turkey or a chicken and I took its young, it wouldn't feel anything, would it? They're, you know. Oh, I don't know. I, I think they might be aggravated in the beginning because, but, but, but they probably forget about it. But I'm they just forget saying, about it in five minutes. They, Whereas a cow and a pig, I think there's more emotion there. I don't know if there's more emotion one way or the other there. May, 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 I, maybe, but I know this. I know that the the turkey that runs around in the forest, right, is they're so smart and so well hidden, and they're so aware of what's going on around them because it's a battle for them every day for survival and they're pretty smart and these chickens they figure things out over here you know they're you know you're not going to see them in the circus but or, you know, the circus or wherever i mean you're not going to see them you know i mean but uh yeah you know i mean they're they don't do a lot of tricks but they're nice animals and i go up i pet them and they lay their yeah. eggs them and everybody's happy you know but let's say there's a row of chickens a hundred of them and one by one they're being killed for food supplies right yeah. So one by one, boom, Here comes the next chicken to be killed. Does he know what's going on and he's next? Yeah, I think they know. Oh, I think don't say that. that. I think they know. I mean, that's a there's a that's production agriculture, and that's how we get to eat. And that's what you know things. That's how things work. Well, how am I going to eat now? You know, you ruined my whole day. We better get back to banking. Let's talk about banking. Let's talk about- <laughs> All right. So you end up um, uh, a college graduate. You're working at a radio station. You have this vast array of knowledge, communications, banking, broadcasting. When, yep. when do you become a banker? Big shot. You know, I turned about 40 years old. I think it was 40. And I said, you know, it's time for a change. It's time for me to do something different. And uh, I was talking to the marketing guy at the Honesville National Bank at that time. His name was Mark Residio. And he said, you should come work here. I said, I should. I should go work at the Honesville National Bank. And, <laughs> and here I am. And you are a big shot at the bank, correct? I am now a vice president at the Honesville National Bank. Yeah. I mean, that to me now, I feel, I feel nervous that I'm talking to the VP of a bank. So now. No. No. <laughs> Nothing to be nervous about at all. It is, you know, it, really, there's not. I mean, like uh, it's just uh, we're people and we just want to help people. And, and, and people come in with with questions about finance and they want to do stuff. And we help them wade through that and figure it out. There seems to be this uh, distinct difference between a bank and a community bank. And I don't understand it. Well, a community bank like like Homes on National, Wayne, Dime, you know, Peoples, we're, we're a smaller bank and uh, – we, you can make decisions a little closer to the, to the market as opposed to like a bigger bank, like a, like a chain, like a chain, like a, a larger bank doesn't necessarily have the ability to make decisions locally. Like a community bank does. Does the federal government differentiate between the two or no to them? A bank's a bank. Um, in some cases, yes. In some cases, no, but that's a whole sticky wicket that uh, isn't okay. gonna, we're not going to be able to explain. Gotcha. But, and I, you know what? Bank. You would bore me anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So the first thing I want to get into something that affects every human being, at least in America, is this credit score thing. Uh, I mean, yeah. wow. What, what boggles my mind is, and I'm not bragging, I have an 800 plus credit score, but the less loans I take out, the score gets lower. And then when I take a loan out and I think, oh my goodness, now my credit score, it gets greater. It doesn't make sense to me. Could you explain a little bit with the credit score and what these banks want or what the, 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 the establishment, the enterprise of credit score, what do they want from us? Well, the credit score is a representation <laughs> of how you pay your bills and how much credit you're using at any given time right. so, of the available credit to you. So what you want to do is, first of all, make sure you pay your bills on time. That's highly important that you make your loan payments on time and your other payments on time and you have everything uh, paid in a due and timely manner. Um, one of the, there's a lot of different things that can affect a credit score, such as uh, hard pulls. Like uh, if you go around to uh, the mall and you open up six different credit cards at all the different stores. They don't like that. Well, they're, you're going to be, they're going to be pulling your credit and they're going to be, uh, they're also going to be, I hear a cat. You hear my cat? <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Do you have a cat? Yeah, there's a cat. She's out there somewhere. (laughs) I hear a cat in the background. Um, See, that's what I like about this. You know, see, this is not a stuffy banker, folks. This is a guy who's cool, easygoing, and right now looking around for a cat. Yeah, she's outside somewhere. She's a good cat. What's the Um, cat's name? uh, Paisley. Paisley. Paisley the cat. She's a nice cat. My daughter Um, had a cat. and I didn't like it at all. And I'm a friendly guy. I would try to make friends with the cat and yeah. it, would, it would give me the cold shoulder always. It would, it would look at me like I'm on its turf. Does yeah. your cat do that? And when I would take a nap, I'd wake up from a nap and the cat would be on the couch staring at me like some freak. Well, hang on. Let's go see what we got. Hang on. I believe right. I'm charged up enough. Let's go outside and see what we can see with the cat. Maybe we can see Paisley. While you talk about uh, credit scores, oh, there she is. For there. There. There she is. <laughs> He's running around. Hey, Paisley, how are you? There you go. She's a happy cat. See, um, folks, no way. There's no other banker in the world. There's no other VP who would just do what you just did. That's why I like you. There he is. So. Great television right here. This is yeah. great television. There's a cat. She's a good cat. You know, she's she's lovable and she's very friendly. Is I that, like Paisley. She wants, she's that, meowing because she wants to hang out with me. Did so, that cat ever look at you after a nap and just like look like? I think my cat wanted me to die. No, she doesn't look at me that way. It's more like um, uh, she doesn't look at like she wants me to die. She just wants to be held and oh. pat. I probably and had a bad cat. I had a bad cat. You had a bad cat. But as far as your credit score goes, there's a bunch of things that are included in there. Like I said, if you get a bunch of hard pulls, um, if you're using it, if you're, if you're maintaining a balance, that can count against you. Of course, if you make a late payment, that can count against you. Um, the different kinds of credit uh, also play a factor in there a little bit. Like um, an installment loan uh, is one form of credit. And you have uh, a credit card, which is another one, and a mortgage, which is another one. So they like to see a diversification uh, with the kind of credit that you use. And of course... Oh. You know, yeah, there's they like to see it diversify a little bit. I have all credit cards or all cards. Oh, that's interesting. Or all more, they like to diversify a little bit, and you want to make sure you pay your bills on time. 
That's interesting. So it would favor someone to get a better credit score if they have maybe one, one or two credit cards, then they have a car loan and then they have a mortgage. It's a little diversified instead of like a little mixture, instead of 10 credit cards. Yep. Would you want people to not get, you know, like a target card, a Sears card, uh, uh, an old Navy card. They have 10 cards. That's bad. Correct. I don't, it could be, it could not be what, um, you know, I find that, um, you know, you can have a few cards and it'd be okay. I, I get a little, I get a little nervous personally when you have, when you have too many cards, you know, you don't, you don't want to have like 20 of them. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're going to run into problems and it's a lot to keep track of. You know, if, if you have a couple, that's good. You know, don't have 20 of them because that's, that's probably not going to work in your best interest. My wife has a lot. And then I, I tell her, let's not have so many cards. But like everything in our marriage, I'm more of a consultant. I have no power over her. And then, yeah. She, yeah. Is that normal, do you think? Being a consultant as a husband? First, let me say that your wife, Dawn Snedeker, <laughs> is a wonderful woman. Let's start with that, okay? Amazing lady. But let's say that... Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like any couple, you got to work together and it's best if you work together and have how did this land, turn into you know? marriage advice? Yeah. It, we do it all here. You know I mean? You don't want to have, you know, no, but what I'm saying is our- she'll be like, Oh, I want a target card because it gets me 2% off. Oh, I want an old Navy card because it gets me 2% off. And I have one card for everything. These are well, the different things that go on. Yeah, I, I have, I have three credit cards. We have three and I don't like, well, actually four. I don't, I don't like going into all the other cards because they're, they're pulling my credit. It's one more thing to remember. Yeah. 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 Something that comes in the mail. I, I, I can't handle a lot of different stuff. Now it's okay to have the cards you want to have, but you got to make sure you pay them on time. That's the key. I like pay that. That's your message. Pay them on time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think my wife is too good for me? Too, too good of a person, too good looking, too, too wonderful. You're a lucky man, Joe. Okay, that's all he's going to say. All right, here's another thing that uh, this ties into the credit score. And that's what I want to address because I've been through this with my son recently and my whole life. If you have a good credit score, now you're going to get a car. And the, the, the many car dealerships, I hope I'm not insulting your business now. They have deals with banks, meaning... If I go buy a Ford today from a Ford dealership and or a used car off of the dealership across the street from Ford, whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to want me to finance the vehicle through them because they get a kickback, a percentage from the bank that they deal with. Correct? Yeah, that, that's the standard practice pretty much. Right. That'll, That'll um, have, not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but I think people should a lot of times get a great credit score and then fish for your own. Uh, financing because you have such a great credit score, you can get low financing and a car loan. Don't do it through the car company. Well, you, you know, you want to, you know, like anything, you want to do what's best for you because, right. you know, maybe, maybe it's sometimes better to get through the company. Maybe that great so great that you, you don't want to miss out on it. Or maybe you can go back to your bank and say, Hey, I want to get this used car. And they say, Well, okay, we'll give you this kind of rate based on your credit score and your in your payment history. And that might be better than what you're going to get the dealer. So, you know, do your <laughs> research, talk to people, have that relationship with a banker and, and, and know 
what's going on. You know, there's other ways to finance a car. You know, say you had a bunch of money in your savings account, you could take a loan against the savings account. Whoa, whoa. And and go over there. there there's so other that's options. the collateral. That's interesting. I never knew that. Different difference collateral. So you had thirty thousand dollars in a savings account, and the car was fifteen. You could go to the bank and say, uh, "I'm gonna I'm gonna let you hold on to this fifteen thousand uh, dollars as collateral uh, and give me a loan. I'm gonna go buy this car with it. You own the car free and clear." And you you have the savings account as a collateral for the loan, and you make monthly payments on that. Oh, that's interesting. And you can do that also, I believe, with your four hundred one k, right? A lot of people have uh, quite a penny there. Or no, that gets a little more complicated. But you can always get, you can get a loan out of your retirement plan and stuff like that. Probably not the best thing to do because you know then you're you're taking that money off the table and it's not working for you like it needs to. You know that that boils down to budgeting and. And, you know, one of the things that people fail to do is they don't understand that you need three to six months worth of living expenses sitting over in a savings account that's just there. You know, it's wow, there man. it's there in case something happens. Now, then you can use that as leverage if you need to from time to time, or you can just let it sit there. You know, Warren Buffett said uh, when they asked him, you know, how much cash should somebody keep on hand? He said, enough so that you can sleep at night. And so that number is really different for everybody, but, and it's, you're not able to do that overnight, but if you start saving that money away a little bit at a time, you know, you can have money there for that rainy day when you need it. So is that a general rule you're saying you get your grocery expense, your car loan, your insurance, your mortgage, uh, what other bills you have. And you think about this is how much I spend per month. And then you, and you multiply that by say what, three to six months. And then yep. that's what you should have at least in savings, correct? Yep. Wow. Woo, baby. That's a, that's a, I mean, that's going to take a while for some people, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Well, it might, but it's a goal. It's where you start. It's, yeah. where, it's where you start there. You, maybe, I don't know, maybe you can't do that out of the box. You, don't, you, pro- you probably can't, but. Something to work for. You set that as a goal and you set that as a, as a, as a plan and you, and you get that cushion there. So, so you have it. I mean, it's not necessarily how much you make on the money. It's having the money there when you need it in case something unforeseen happens. Gotcha. And if my wife leaves me, um, she gets half of everything, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just messing with you. I want to. I'm going to keep including my wife every five minutes in this discussion just to get you. Just to get I, you. It uh, again. What a wonderful woman she is, an incredibly patient, kind, wonderful person. But on the subject of divorce, and I'm nowhere near it, I have a wonderful wife and a happy marriage, but it's funny how, let's say two people are happily married, everything's going great, and then one person comes home one day and just says, that's it, I'm out of here. The other person really did nothing wrong, but yes, they're going to lose half of everything. But I guess there's no way around that, right? I am not a lawyer. I have no idea. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, wait. I'm looking at my list here. Lawyer. I have no idea. I'm looking at my list here. Lawyer, politician, bankers. That's right. You're the banker, so I better not bring up those other questions. All right. Of the three. Okay. We're we're killing a lot of good information here. So you got the car financing, credit scores. Um, Now, here's the one you guys love. Here's the (laughs) one you guys love. IRA. All right. Everyone should be saving. 
what should the average person, I don't know, someone just starting out in their 20s, maybe someone's halfway through their career in their 30s to 40s, and they have very little to nothing in their IRA, no company 401k. I mean, what do you do there? How do you save for old age, so to speak? Well, I mean, uh, there's a there's a cap out there on the individual IRAs. I, I'm pretty sure it's like $7,000. But if you go ask your banker, they'll tell you, go down to the bank and they'll tell you how much you can put in. And you have your choice of a Roth or a traditional IRA. And uh, you should you should try to max that out every year, you know? And, and sometimes that might be a bank product. Sometimes it might be a product for the financial services guys. Uh, and, and most banks have a financial services um, department and, and they might have a better return than you can get in a CD or a, a savings account, obviously. You know, so you want to go talk to your, talk to your banker and, and talk to their financial services department and figure out what's the best place for you to be considering your risk profile and your age to retirement and everything else. But you got to uh, keep the IRA in mind, even if you think only it's a few hundred a year or a few thousand a year, you got to do what you can because it's going to build up. It's going to gain interest. Well, and in the, 20 best, now, the best money you're going to save is that money when you're younger, yeah. right? So if you start it when you're 18, 22, just out of school, you start throwing money in there. That money has 40 years to grow. Yeah. Yeah. When you start putting in at 55, you got 10 years. You know <laughs> you know I mean? so it's good. It's good to start anytime. But when you start young with a little, you know, the seeds you plant at 22 grow into a beautiful oak tree. <laughs> Look at that tree. Let me see that tree again. Is that awesome? <laughs> So yeah, but here's the problem with that tree. When you're in your twenties, you think you're never going to get old and you're invincible. That's the problem. How do you convince a 22 year old to save, save, save? Well, youth is wasted on the young. I mean, yeah. I woke up morning cracking and getting out of bed and going down to the gym. And I said, you know, if I only knew now what I knew then, and, right. and you're younger and you, you listen to the, the people in your life who are, who can tell you how to save money. I mean, it's a, it's an important thing to do. If you're, if you're that, I mean, you should be saving, you know, throughout your life for retirement, but the best dollars, the best ones you'll put in are, you know, before you're 30, because they've got a long time to grow. All right. So right now there's a 24 year old. He's listening to this podcast. Yes. Here's your chance to get into his brain. I'll give you 20 seconds. Here you go. Go. You are going to wake up in the blink of an eye and be 44 years old. So here's your opportunity to start saving for when you want to retire at 64 now. You put money away now, it'll grow and be something for you when you're older. You don't have to save as much. You can save a lot less money every month when you're younger, and you cannot save enough when you're trying to catch up when you're older. It's just too much budget. So start with a little when you're young, you'll have a lot when you're old. What do they say? Oh, if there it you is. think that no one does now you can do things that no one does later. You can think about it. One more time. So when you do things, if you do things that no one does now, now. you can do things that no one does later. Because oh my to- goodness, is that good? Yes. You may have changed my life. Am I too old for that? No, you're young. You're young and spry, <laughs> full of life. You know. How's that cat doing? I don't hear him anymore. Uh, she's out there somewhere. She might have gone. Chasing a mouse or something. Yeah. So you let your cats just go live free. They don't, uh, they don't, 
wander off three miles or do they? No, they, they stay right around the house here all the time. We have actually have a, you want to see their house? Let's see it. I don't know. Is it going to take a while? No, we're just going to walk outside here, walking outside. Wait, wait. So you have a cat house? We have a house for them here. We have a playhouse. That's, and they live in it. Are you a crazy cat man? No, I just like the cats. We decided, you know, they have a, oh, there's, there's the other one. There's, there's Kaya over there. See her? So that, that little playhouse. We have a cat door in there and we feed them in there and they go in there in the wintertime and they stay warm. It's a nice little house. Wait a minute. That thing over there that you just showed me. Let's see it one more time. The cat house over there. Is a so cat ho- that's a cat house. Well, that's where the cats go. Yeah. And there's, there's, you can see Kaya over there, the white cat hanging out right now. Why would you have a cat house? Well, it's kind of like a playhouse. So when little kids come over, sometimes they play around in there. Yeah. And we put the cat door in there and we keep the food in there and water and stuff and everything stays secure and they get, they get all kinds of folks of for those, for those of you for those of you who are listening to this and not watching it he has a cat house i just saw this thing it looks like it's pretty con- big it looks like a condominium it looks like something that you'd you'd put small children in to sleep over for three nights this has shutters shingled roof you're yeah. a crazy cat nut it's perfect <laughs> You know what? Whatever. Whatever. Speaking of IRAs, I have a couple more topics to hit. Um, Do you remember? Of course you do. Am I right? In the 70s and 80s, when I got out of college, I had a government subsidized loan for my education and they gave me this unbelievably great rate. Mm -hmm. And it was like seven, eight, nine, 10 percent back then. A CD would gain you how much money back then? Oh, CDs were 10, 11, 12%. That's, that's hard to believe in today's world where money, you can't invest it in anything like a CD. You can't invest it in anything that's going to grow except maybe the stock market. Why is money now so cheap to loan and is this going to continue forever? Um, what happened? Well, it's a good question for right now because what we're, you're looking at an, an inflationary period coming up where there's uh, you know, the, the prices of things are starting to cost more, right? Yeah. And you notice that the, the price of beef costs more and the, and the price of other things you go buy at the grocery store costs more. Look at lumber. Look what lumber, happened. Out of the, you know, out, yeah. for 90 bucks. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it's the same thing with money. There's a lot of money out there in the economy right now. And um, the value of that dollar is going down. So it takes more dollars to buy things. That's called inflation. So inflation eats away at you know, the value of your dollar and your, your spending power. So, uh, you know, back what they do to what can happen is in order to stem inflation, you have to take money out of the, out of the supply. So you'll see the, the bond rates will start to go up uh, as people buy fewer bonds. Right. So if a a bond will be, uh, there's a lot of complicated issues there, but suffice it to say, I don't know if you're going to see a CD at 13% again, but I think you're going to see savings rates and and the amount of money that people call or, or pay for a loan. You'll probably see rates start to tick up. You know, and you're going to see. And do you bankers, or is this too uh, inside question? Do you guys like that or not like that? Like what I'm saying is this, your bank will give a mortgage for 30 years for who knows what they're so cheap now, 2%, 3%. I don't know, even lower, yeah. but, but 40 years ago, that was unheard of. What was an average uh, mortgage back then? Was it 
Uh, probably 15, you know, 13%. That's hard to comprehend. Uh, rates are really low right now. So if there's a time so, to refinance, it's right now. Yeah, but, but you gotta, we're going to sell that loan. We're not going to keep that loan for 30 years. In most cases, we don't keep a fixed rate loan for 30 years. We sell that to Fannie or Fred. Oh. So that's going to go to some, that's going to, we're going to, we're going to, we act as an intermediary. A lot of banks act as an intermediary for the customer and Fannie Mae. So Fannie Mae says, we'll give this person a loan if they meet this kind of criteria. All right. We, we get the information that validates that you've met that criteria. And then we sell the loan to Fannie and Fannie, you know, um, Fannie gives us uh, some money for, for processing the loan. And we, we at Homes of National, we service them. So you pay us and we pay Fannie. Uh, but other banks, it works a little different. But a bank can't hold on to that fixed rate loan for 30 years because there's interest rate sensitivity. So we uh, we have to we would eventually run out of money to lend. So we we sell it to Fannie and Fannie keeps it and somebody buys it. And well, how is that complex? It is. It's you know, it's it is complex. It's a very complex business and it's so, uh, fun. I like it. It's rewarding. So if. If you rip Van Winkle today, let's say you were knocked out for 10 years. So yeah. it's, now, it's now 2031, you wake up yeah, or less. And if you found out that the interest rate, I'm sorry, like a CD interest was now at 10, 12%, would you be surprised or is that unlikely in the future or anything is possible, I guess? I don't know. It's like, are we in a new world? I, you know, I, I, it's just too volatile for me to say. Who would think that today... You know, we're just getting out of some sort of pandemic where we, where we just got done with all these masks and things like that. Yeah, yeah. There's so many variables to consider. There's a lot to go on in 10 years. I have no idea where they're going to be. If I knew where they were going to be, I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you. I'd be sitting on the beach in Tahiti. <laughs> all right, and big shot. It is for me. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, so do, do, does the bank want higher interest or no? Or is that too... It's too personal. Like you, or it doesn't matter because you're selling the loans, I guess. I don't know. Does it? Well, no, you know, um, you know, that's a hard thing to say. Usually there's a yeah. spread. So if the, if, if money costs us X and we can loan it out at Y, we want to make sure there's enough space between X and Y that we can, you know, pay our employees, play, pay the I light. See, right. So, the services that we do and give the shareholder a couple of bucks and uh and all that kind of stuff but so how far down the line x and y are that same that same distance and so it doesn't matter if you buy at one percent sell it two or you buy at nine percent and sell at ten correct i mean it's you're still getting that you try to maintain that kind of spread but you can get compression of spread based on you know it's a free market out there so we might want to make a loan at five percent and somebody else will say well we're willing to do it at 3%. But if it was a commercial loan, consumer loans are much more uh, restricted in what you can do and can't do because there's a lot more laws. Commercial loans are, there's a lot less, uh, there's a lot less rules with commercial loans than there are with consumer loans. Gotcha. So it gets, you know. All right. Here's one of my final questions. Not, well, I know you're getting bored with me, aren't you? Maybe you can only no. another fun. All right. Here's I, I, one I'm, thing I'm wondering. Off on a Madden Julian oscillation yet, but it's okay. <laughs> since since we were on this uh, this this Rip Van Winkle tangent that I took, um, yeah. you and I both have kids about the same age. You know, whether they're teens, twenties, they're they're my children do yeah. not have checks. 
No. My children don't think of banks. They want everything this this online world. Yeah, um, on the phone. Yeah, so our because I see this new bank. It's all, I don't know, Go Bank or something. I don't know. I wonder if brick and mortar banks, when you rip Van Winkle 10, 20, 30 years from now, is that going to be gone? Is every you know what I mean? I don't think they're going to be gone. I think they're going to look much different than they do today. You know, um, I don't think the cash needs are going to go away as much as people think they are. I don't think they're going to go away as fast as has been predicted by some people. Right. So you're a change. You're still going to have to bring in cash and stuff. There's still going to need to be, you know, that kind of services. Uh, you're still going to have to go in and, and talk to a loan officer and talk to a lender. And you should really go in your bank now and get to know the people there. If you're a young 22 year old person, go to your local office, know the people there so you can call somebody in case there's a problem. I think that's very key. But the phone phone makes it a lot nicer. I mean, I use my, I pay my bills over the phone all the time. Uh, Me too. Me too. All all the time. And you can set an alert so that you know if your uh, account balance and maybe your checking account is getting low. It'll tell you, hey, you're kind of low. (laughs) Move some money over. All right. I'm moving it over. And you can uh, transfer a month. You can even take a, a picture of a check and deposit it. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. There's, there's a lot of great things that the phone can do. And it's only going to become, you know, uh, better as it goes along. Excellent. Here's something that confuses me to this very moment on the same subject. I have a credit card. I have my bank card. Your debit card. Debit card. ATM. ATM card. Let's go back to 1972, but it's a debit card now. Okay, okay. gotcha. But right. I'm told that if if fraudulent activity happens on my credit card, I'm not responsible for it. But yet, if I use, if someone gets my my ATM or my debit card and buys jewelry and gas and stereo equipment, right from my debit card, right directly from my accounting number and bank um, number. I'm told that, am I responsible for that? Or is one better to use than the other? I never knew that. Like so you, they say you shouldn't use your credit card well, as opposed to your ATM. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, there's it's, it's, well, there, let's call it a term. Like it's hotter money. If you use your debit card, as opposed to your credit card. Um, and you can always challenge the, the purchase. Um, I, 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 think that you're you know it it depends on how the fraud occurred on your debit card okay yeah you know, um well let's say this let's say i found i come i'm i'm on a hike today right you're on a hike and i see i find you dead in your yard i don't know what happened but you're dead and then i get your atm card and yeah, i yeah. just go out and i start buying stuff with it. i go out to dinner i buy a motorcycle and then I'm off across the country on my motorcycle on your card. So now what happens? Um, well, what's going to happen, first of all, is there's limits on how much you can use your debit card every day. So that um, I'm not buying a motorcycle. then. You're not going to buy a motorcycle because that's <laughs> not, OK. You're, you're, you're going to there's a threshold. Uh, everybody's everybody is kind of different in how the banks do it. So there's a threshold. You're only going to get away with so much money. Yeah. Okay. The fact that I am um, dead, dead, will eventually catch up when they will say, "Well, <laughs> you know, 
how could he be purchasing these <laughs> things if he's dead? So there's safeguards. You know, I talk to the security person at the bank all the time, and I'm always amazed that. Are you, know, you had heat exhaustion then? You weren't dead. Heat exhaustion. Heat exhaustion. I had heat exhaustion. You happen to come by and steal my debit card. <laughs> yes. um, so, but you're, you're not going to get too far with it because they're going to shut it down. I mean, you always want to tell the bank that you're leaving the area and you're going to be in someplace different. Um, no, but and, if you wake up from heat exhaustion and you see, oh my God, someone just ate at uh, a fine restaurant and bought a, a used well, motorcycle. You want to call the bank immediately. You can set up an alert in your debit card that'll tell you every time it gets used. Yeah. And if you see it being used in a manner that it's not you using it, you want to call the bank right away and get that card turned off uh, because the fraudsters are out there with so many different ways to yeah. get scammers and scanners. And, and uh, you have to be very vigilant about it. That's why it's nice to have the alerts on your phone so that you know if someone's, uh, it, you know, your, if your card's being used improperly or, or, you know, in a suspicious manner, you can shut it off pretty quick and, and you're safe and we're safe. And HMB has all those on their card, the alerts and everything, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, folks, I have a card and every time it's used, I get a text. If you haven't done that yet, do it. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. You get to see every moment of, uh, of, your, of, your, of, your, of your financial life right there on your phone. Yeah, you can set alerts, maximum amount every time a transaction occurs. You get an alert. It's great. It really is. So you're not dead. You're back to life. No heat exhaustion. There you are, alive and well. Um, <laughs> did I make you uncomfortable? Looks like you didn't like the heat exhaustion thing. Well, I, the, <laughs> I'm fine. Heat exhaustion. <laughs> heat exhaustion. Good. There's the cat again. There she is over there. Oh the man, look at that. Yeah. There she is. The back door. Now. Um, that, is that one cat you have or more than one? We have two. Two. We have Kaya and Paisley. Is there They're, one bossy, but more bossy than the other one? Uh, Paisley's way more bossy than Kaya. Kaya's very, you know, calm and quiet. But Paisley's, she runs a show. Yeah. Now, well, let's say I passed away and I left everything to a cat. Could you do that? A pet, a cat, or it has to be a, another human being? I think you can leave everything to a cat if you want. I mean... Uh, I, I think you, you hear about people leaving money to dogs all the time for their perpetual care, yeah. you know, see, that's where you're going to want to talk to the good folks at the trust department. And they can set <laughs> the fact that your cat will be well taken care of after your, uh, demise in a lot of banks. Have trust <laughs> so that, that's a big thing that people need to understand as well, that, you know, if you become incapacitated and you can't handle your, you know, bill paying anymore, you, you, you everybody sees, uh, older folks out there who sometimes can't pay their bills. Uh, I know the trust department at our bank can pay their bills for them, make sure everything's done right in, in a good manner. And if, if when people die, they handle the estate for people. And uh, a lot of banks have trust departments. It's, it's a very important subject, actually. You know, it's a very, it's a very nice product that a lot of banks offer because, you know, sometimes people like to take advantage of, you know, senior citizens and that's not right. Yeah. That's good advice, too. I appreciate that. Well, as long as we're on that subject. So now the final thing on my list here, yeah. you reminded me of this, I don't know, a week or two ago. Yeah, I'm 55. You're 55. Um, you think you're going to live forever. But, you know, I have a 401k. I have three kids. I have a wife. I have some money saved. I have some equity in a home with cars. Today, I go on a bike ride. I'm dead. Folks, 
you need to prepare for all yes. of those things after. Yes. Now, I wouldn't think of, and this is my ignorance, I wouldn't think of going to a bank for that, but you're saying yes? Yeah, well, I, well you, you should, you know, everybody should have a will, you know, go to an attorney, go to, you know, legal professional you like, or, or you know, you can talk to the folks at the trust department of your local bank and, and they can point you in the right direction. Uh, so that you have everything figured out. I mean, when you die without a will, if you don't have written down what you want to have happen, somebody else is going to decide for you what's going to happen. And you don't want that. You want to make does that sure that vary? Like, does that vary? Uh, like, let's, does that vary? Like, let's say really I died right now. What, what then would happen? Does the government say this is what happens? Or does my wife come into a room with lawyers and bankers and say, this is what should happen. Like, what, what do you know what happens? Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's, you know, the, there's a lot of scenarios that could happen. You mean, um, I, I think that, yeah, I, I, I'm not exactly certain you're going to have to, you know, I don't know the answer to this. I think your, 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 your wife may, you know, I don't, I don't have legal advice. I don't really know. So I, I, a little I think out of your realm. it's a little out of my realm. So I don't really understand. Go on. I know this though. If you don't have a will, you don't have a say. You know, and, and, and somebody else is going to decide what happens for you. So everybody should have a will. You should know where it is. Um, That's a great bottom line. Now, if I walked into your bank, would could yeah. I do everything there or no? I have to still get a lawyer. Could I do everything for my death preparation if I walk into HNB? Um, I think I think they can point you in the right direction where you can the trust department can talk to you and point you in the right direction is where you need to be. Um, I, I think, I don't, I think working with a, 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 a lawyer or some sort of legal professional to help you prepare your will is probably the best way to go, you know, cause then you, there's a lot to consider. I mean, there's, you know, what does your estate plan look like? I mean, if you have, you know, uh, if you've accumulated a decent amount of wealth, there's, there's different things you're going to want to do to pass that on. And, and you should talk to a legal professional and, and figure it out. What if I had a secret girlfriend in Old Forge and I don't want anyone to know? <laughs> Folks, I just made that up to throw them off. That's not, not true. I just, just that's just a you, joke. It's a joke. Again, that Dawn Snedeker is a lovely woman <laughs> with incredible <laughs> and sense of humor. That's all I'm going to say. Well, that was just a joke, okay? That's I, all that was, okay? I, but you guys would be able to take care of that, right? Your will? No, if I had a secret person in old. I don't know. No, no, no. The answer is no. No. The answer is no. Folks, the official the official answer is no. Okay. The official answer is no. All right. No. 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 That was just a joke anyway. I understand. I understand. All right. So here's one of my um thoughts. Tell me if I did the right thing with banking. I had three kids. I can't I can't afford to pay for three educations. I don't know how many people could. No one can do that. But I helped them as best I could. Yeah. So now they had the student loans, some of which were subsidized, unsubsidized. That confuses a lot of people. Could you go through just a little bit of college preparation uh, payment? Well, there's a there's many different you know college loans that you can uh, apply for. Uh, you know when you fill out the FAFSA, they kind of give you a whole different kind of guideline there, don't they? FAFSA. You know, is the I'm so glad my FAFSA years are over. I did my last one last spring. 
and done forever with FAFSA. It's excellent. But you're right. Yeah. They, they will set your financial status. And then you're on your own after that, though. You still get the bill from Temple University or Penn State. And it's yeah. going to say you owe 12 grand. And then what do you do? Well, I'm, you know, there's a couple ways to look at it. I'm not necessarily certain with all the student loan ins and outs specifics. So you'd have to talk to a qualified student loan person, but that's great about having a relationship with a banker. There you go again, right? The answer you can say, well, you got to go talk to the student loan people, go through this portal. They can help you get where you need to be because it's not my expertise. So student loans aren't necessarily my expertise, but I've seen where people have used the equity in their home to use that to fund college because sometimes a rate in a home equity loan is a little cheaper than going out again to student loan rates because they might be a little bit higher because you've got unsecured debt and you know other aspects of that that don't necessarily make it as appealing as other loans may be. No, I, I'm, I'm, you're going to think I'm a horrible person for saying this, but I've done what you just said. Mm-hmm. Home equity loan to help your children. But here's yep. the problem. If they turn out to be 23-year-old jerks, they get their college degree, they hate you, they move away, and they say, yep. I'm never paying that loan. That loan's on you, not on that them. That loan's on you now, that right? That loan's That's on right. you, not on them. <laughs> yeah. so, you can't walk in and say, hey, uh, you know, Jimmy doesn't want to pay me back. You know, no, that, that's not how it works. So yeah, that yeah. loan's on you. But, you know, you, you got to have a good relationship with your kids. Yeah, you know? and I do have three great kids, so I just made that up. But that's something for folks to consider. It's on you. Oh, yeah. Even, oh, yeah. if you even if you co-sign with government loans for your kids and your kids said, I'm not paying, that's on you. That's on you. That's on you. You're that's right. on you. And that could affect your credit score and everything else. You know. Oh, that could affect you. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't think that doesn't affect you. We see it all the time where people come in and, I don't have any debt. What do you mean? You're... Got this loan. That's my kid's student loan. It's not my loan. Well, you co-signed for it. Oh, so co- is that treated equal? Co-sign just as if you had debt? I'm not exactly certain. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in the in the eyes, you're paying for it if they don't. So, I mean, wow. if you agree to, to follow that up, it depends on how you do it. There's some subtleness there. But, you know, there's student loan debt out there. It shows up on your credit report. Wow. So, yeah, folks, watch your co-signing because it's like your loan just because mm-hmm. you're co-signing. And be good to your kids. <laughs> Respect them because they'll turn. Well, you want to be respectful in all things and everybody has to clearly understand what's going on here, you know? Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I wanted to just ask you two things. That's a beautiful uh, arbor pergola you have behind you. Look at that. Did you paint? Did you stain that and everything? You do all that? Yeah, there's not much I don't do here in the farm, Joe. (laughs) You know? So you you made that? No, this was here. We bought it. A guy named Wayne Early made this. He did a very oh. nice, very nice here. We yeah, love it. Very nice. Well, you look like a like a high end banker with all that fancy pergola stuff. Um, oh. Is there anything anything banking related? I thought we touched on a lot. I thought we made a lot of good progress and hopefully help I, people out here. I, I think we did. I, I think you know when I went away to college, the the one thing I remember is have a relationship with a banker, and that that's paid off for me and in so many ways over the years, you know, not only because I work at a bank now, but even before then when I was getting a mortgage and borrowing for a car and trying to save up for retirement, all that stuff. When you know somebody at the bank, um, it just makes things flow a little smoother. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So go in, talk to your, your banker, 
at your branch and talk to the manager and the CSRs and the tellers. All they want to do is help you. And, uh, and they can help guide you in the right direction just for saving money and help you open up that savings account and get that three to six months worth of savings down and help you maybe do a prequal for a loan for a house someday and, and all those things, you know, so you understand, you know, what kind of house you can afford. That's another big thing is the prequal. You know, if you're going to go out there and buy a house, sit down and get a prequalification before you go out because then you can understand, you know, how much house you can afford. Yeah, that's a very good point because then you're in charge and you're not just, you know, you're not just at the uh, disposal of the of the realtor, for example, right? I mean, well, you're not up there at seven hundred thousand dollar houses when all you can afford is something that's one hundred fifty. So yeah. it, it kind of gets you, you know, and settled in the zone where you should look. That's a good idea. So you pre-qualify and then you go looking, and you don't. So then you know what your exact parameters are. It's a great, yeah. great advice. I love yes. it. And. You have to, and maybe maybe you need to know what you have to do then to to set yourself up so you could afford something more. Like you you've got to make this much more money if you want that kind of house, or you got to pay off these bills so your credit score is higher, or you you know all these kinds of things. And there's rumors out there, probably not true, that if I don't pay my loan, right, that a guy like you is going to come over and beat me up. That's not true, is it? No, no one's going to beat you up. But let's- <laughs> Oh, yeah. But what? The, the collections department is going to give you a call. But they, they those, you know, <laughs> my office is right next to the collections department and, and they're nice people and they, they really try to work with you and try to figure something out. You know, they're, no, they're I'm like, just kidding. I'm trying to, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to, I know. I'm trying not to get in trouble. <laughs> well, look, and I'm going to look right into the camera and the microphone and say, I was just kidding. Okay. Perfect. No yeah. one's beating anyone up. Okay. Uh, Oh, no, it's all, it's all, you know, sometimes things happen and it doesn't work out. And that's unfortunate for everybody, but it's all done in a manner that's very professional, very. You see, folks, if there's one thing you learned from this, I'm trying to get this guy to break and he can't because he is such a true, honest, good dude. I'm trying to break <laughs> him. I can't, I can't do it. He's just that good of a human being and a banker and a guy. And I appreciate your time here this morning. I hope the uh, listeners and viewers uh, got a lot of information from you. I did. Well, I hope so too, Joe. And, and uh, you know, if anybody feels free, they can always reach out to me at uh, you know, Homes on the National. I'd be glad to help anybody out. Excellent. Is there any way that you could uh, go into that little cat house and see if you can fit in there now before we end or you don't want to do that? Yeah, we can make that happen. <laughs> Folks, he is now walking through his yard. He's this is going- great. Are you here? Yeah, he's going to the cat house. There's no other vice president of a bank in the world that's about. Uh, maybe, I'm not going to guarantee what's going on. What's going on here? Let's right. See. Plus, your Wi-Fi may uh, fade away too. There's Paisley. Paisley right. wants to get here. All right. So wait, wait. You're wait. Could you back up? Let me see. What What are you in? Oh, there it is. I'm he in the cat house here. This cat house looks like a lawnmower shed, and there's the. <laughs> there's the cat. There's Paisley. She's going right. She's eating away here. These cats have it made. And there's, uh, yeah. These are the luckiest cats in the world. Yeah, it's a nice place. We have a, we have fun in here. And there's a little teacup for you so you can make some tea and have stuff. You, has your wife ever banished you to the cat house? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> no. No. I've never been banished to the cat house yet. 
Wow. But you give me time, I'm sure I'll get there somehow. You know? Excellent. Well, that was great, man. I love it. We ended in the cat house. And I thank you, Brian Wilkin from HNB, big vice president right here on Mr. Curiosity. And if you have any questions for him or me, I'll get them to him, joe.snedeker at yahoo.com or joe.snedeker at wnep.com. And we have more episodes in the future with guys like Brian. Could be you, sir, ma'am, who's listening right now. All right. So give me an email. And peace, love, and happiness. Brian, uh, final words. This is it before I hit the end button. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here. And uh, again, thank you for uh, allowing us to be part of the people's lives today. I believe I see some high-moving clouds here today. They're very nice. We got a little... Uh, yeah, we got... Well, our cumulus in the background, and then we have some cirrus at about 30,000 feet above that. Yeah. There you go. The cumulus right here is very nice. Wispy clouds, very good here today. I like your pickup truck, too. Thanks a lot, big guy. Thanks, Joe. See ya. See ya. Bye. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. About.